Welcome to listen to WDBE Talks, the podcast for the world of digital built environment. We invite you on a physical and virtual journey from Tallinn to Helsinki in September 2023. This year, we will take a deep dive into climate tech with our keynote speakers. Hello and welcome to this episode of WDBE Talks. My name is Arni Heiskanen and my guest is Daniel Hall, Assistant Professor at TU Delft. And we are going to discuss circularity in the built environment and how to enable it with data and information management. Uh, Daniel, it's uh, great to talk to you again on a podcast. Thanks, Sonny. It's very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, last time it was, I, I think, in April uh, 2022. You were assistant professor at ETH Zurich and you talked about new business models for industrialized construction. Um, but now you've, uh, you you have <laughs> a new job. So can you tell us about your background and what you're currently working on? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, trained as a civil engineer um, with emphasis in structural engineering. But uh, I and uh, originally I'm from California, so I did my PhD at, at Stanford. And I shifted over at a certain point into construction management and construction informatics. Um, and that's what I was working on at ETH Zurich, and now I'm really excited to bring that over to uh, to TU Delft, where there's also a very strong emphasis on circular economy and circularity and a, and a long history of, of, of excellent teaching and research. Um, so I'm new in the Netherlands. I've been here for about four, four or five months and uh, learning to, to, to cycle to work every day and, and some other things. <laughs> and, and hopefully also learning how to pronounce names. <laughs> we'll see. That takes takes some time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it really difficult, to be honest. Uh, okay, so um, it's always good to start with the question why. So, can you give us a perspective on how big a problem or an opportunity is circularity in the built environment? Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, well, let's say. Um, we really cannot keep building the way we've been building. Um, we, we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough uh, materials. Obviously, we have questions around around carbon impact and things like that. Um, and uh, you know, you look at different statistics. Around forty percent of of all CO two emissions uh, come from a combination of building operations and and building materials. That's, that's a rough estimate of the numbers. Um, and we build in a very linear way, and we have a, a high level of of demolition uh, and waste that goes directly. Some of it goes at the end of life of the of the building, but others go directly to uh, to landfill um, from the construction site. So uh, we tend to have a lot of, of waste of materials, and we need to th- rethink about our supply chains and our processes uh, so that we're more material efficient and resource efficient in the built environment. It's a huge challenge. At the same time, the, the built environment is is growing. I mean, there's a huge need for housing here in the Netherlands. They've just announced a million homes pro, uh, project. So they want to they want to build a million homes in the Netherlands, already the densest country in in, in Europe. Um, and so uh, you can imagine that these two things are in tension. There's this huge need for resource efficiency and this huge demand for, for infrastructure like housing. Um, so we need to think about new ways to do it. And I think that's where circular economy comes in. Well, I think that most often we talk about uh, circularity in terms of materials or or individual buildings, but you've extended your research 
from a building focus to an urban scale. Uh, can you explain why you've made that choice? What we found is that looking specifically at buildings is an important start. And that's my background. I really focus on, on the building and the information of the building itself. Um, but what happens is that we study circular economies at this building level, but the, the economies are actually at a systems level that are at a city scale and, and even beyond. We even say the city and, and the settlement system beyond. Um, and there's an interaction that occurs. Uh, so it's not so simple as to say, I'm going to take the materials from one building and I'd like to repurpose them for the next building. Um, you could do that in a very simplistic way. But what, what I imagine is a future where you have a lot of different cycles of materials with different life uh, lift, different lifespans. So a door and a window might have a different uh, longevity than the structural uh, frame of, of, a, of a building. Um, and for that to really work, you kind of need to create this ecosystem or this, this system-wide view of, of how parts can move um, and, and be swapped and, uh, and repurposed, remanufactured. So uh, to me, there's this necessary uh, interaction with the city level. Um, it's not something that I'm particularly an expert in, in urbanism or, or city scale, but I think that there's a lot of uh, people I can collaborate with to do so. But information management is key to achieving uh, a systematic uh, circularity uh, in, the, in, the, in the ecosystem. What are the building blocks of a systematic information management environment for circularity? Uh, what, and what, what do we already have that we can use and what needs to be developed? Yeah, I mean, we can we, we can look at this in a long history of uh, thinking about information management uh, for the built environment. Um, and of course, we've made great strides with things like building information modeling and and other kind of tech that's almost a bit a bit old now when you think about it. Um, and uh, these are all for the purpose of kind of capturing data information. Um, so to me, the, it starts with with thinking about what is the data that we need to to keep, and in the build environment, that includes both geometric and also material property data. If you look at kind of the BIM perspective, we're, we're often quite good at the geometric data, but we're not so good at thinking about the data that is embedded in the product. So we call these the the, the product passports, the building the building passports. Um, typically, uh, the BIM environment has not been so good at doing this. Um, and then we also need to think about uh, things like the, the the longevity of the uh, of the information. And you could also think about uh, the word that's often used now is the digital building logbook. So a logbook of all the records of, of both renovations, but also the energy efficiency, the water that's been used, and and, and other things. Um, so put those two together and uh, um, you, you kind of have a need to kind of carry the information in a new way. Uh, and then we have two sides that we need for what I what I would say for, for a kind of circular information flow. Um, you need a way to capture existing data. Um, so we you have a, a tremendous amount of buildings. So we need to look at uh, techniques such as uh, computer vision and, and uh, semantic interpretation of, the, of our existing buildings so that we can uh, figure out what the existing building stocks are. Um, we also, uh, and then we need to couple that with kind of higher level uh, environmental systems analysis about material stocks and flows, which often is, is quite useful, um, but it's a more higher level. It's not granular at the level of the building. Um, there's a lot of, of, of science on that area. Um, and then we need to also be, have a way that when we have new construction, uh, we need to be able to really have specific data about those material products, how they move through the supply chain, and a good way to capture those. So that's the kind of data that we really need. That's the data requirements. Um, we have bits and pieces, and there's lots of great research I see from an academic perspective on all of these. 
But what we really need is a systematic way of putting it all together. Um, that's, what, that's what we're trying to do with this uh, recent Circular Future Cities project is, is find a kind of data infrastructure that can, that can, um, yeah, that can, that can support all of this. Well, um, as you mentioned, buildings have a low, long lifespan, and and some materials have have longer than than others. But and this, of course, is a challenge to data management. Um, one of the solutions that you've talked about is blockchain. Uh, can you tell us more about it and and possibly some other uh, solutions that we could use? Yeah, I think I could use an analogy for what's going on in the social media world with with Twitter right now. Um, of course, if if you've been paying attention, if you've been listening, there's been a lot of challenges around the Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. People are being, let's say, banned from Twitter, but also there's a worry that because of the turnover, there might be some uh, key data could be lost. So you know, Twitter has been for the last 15 years kind of a, a historical record of. Of politics, society, you know, human civilization, people have made thousands and hundreds of thousands of, of their own personal tweets. Um, what will happen if 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 the some of the critical infrastructure goes down? Uh, what will happen if there's a kind of uh, major problem or flaw? Or what will happen if just Twitter, Elon decides to shut the doors of Twitter and it's it's down, it's gone? Um, uh, and of course, this is this is quite important on the social media side, but we could ask the same question for our, our information about our, our buildings. Um, Right now, most solutions to to kind of have long term uh, uh, information about buildings are either stored in files, which I think will most likely be lost or, or kind of not carried over, or they're stored on on a cloud server in a centralized solution. Um, and if the building lifespan is going to be fifty years, are we confident that that's the best data infrastructure to to put our put our put all this important data about the building. I would say we have a really uh, an important responsibility to shift our thinking into uh, ensuring the the longevity, the providence of that data. Um, and so that's why we've been exploring a, a decentralized uh, data approach. Um, now, there's kind of two components here. On the data infra infrastructure side, we think that it's just about storing with decentralized databases or, or decentralized data um, infrastructure. So, for example, there's a there's a protocol called Gaia X, which uh, allows us to store across multiple servers. There's also an interplanetary file system, which is kind of connected with the with also with blockchain. But the idea is that instead of you know a centralized server, but everyone can store a copy of data on multiple servers, and therefore you would have a permanent record that can't be can't be altered. Now this is different from the blockchain because the blockchain can be really useful for transactions or kind of uh, time stamping or or uh, kind of record of of uh, of custody of of particular elements but we think there should be an underlying data infrastructure that's distributed and then we think on top of that we could look at different business models um, to allow people to trade or or sell or or speculate on assets that exist within within the building. So and we think that blockchain could be a really interesting approach to do that. We also think that if we have a decentralized data architecture, we don't necessarily have to have a, a blockchain. You mentioned other approaches. Um, we could have other ways of uh, of building on top of a decentralized data infrastructure. But for us, that's the key the key starting point is that we want to get away from using uh, Amazon Web Services or, or or other other approaches that are re requiring a kind of single uh, centralized solution and put building passport data on a, in a more decentralized web. Yeah, but also I think there's a challenge because as we know, uh, there are so many <laughs> participants in the process, so many starting from companies, uh, design companies, owners, uh, property owners, investors, 
authorities, governments, and so on. There's, there are so many players in this game. <laughs> so that, that might be one, one of the challenges as well. Yeah, it's, it's exactly right. And in fact, I, I'm really, um, uh, I'm really, uh, I'm a big believer in incentives in, instead of kind of regulations. And what I think is that if we have a kind of agreed upon data infrastructure, uh, we can then also build incentive systems that incentivize these different uh, participants to provide their information. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the idea of a decentralized data marketplace, which would allow people to sell access to their data. You could start thinking about big data analytics and, and other types of, uh, of approaches. Um, and so for me, that's really would be interesting if we can kind of create these new business models that incentivize people. Because right now, what, I, what my sense is, is that people know that their data holds value. They know that their information is valuable, but they don't really have a way to monetize or or to kind of take advantage. They're not ready to just give it away, um, and, and rightly so, but they're looking for the kind of new business models that will allow them to retain some form of control, but also they would be open and interested in kind of the monetization strategies. Um, and so for me, if, if we can think about these new business models, as I mentioned, some blockchain-based and some otherwise, we could then start to think about uh, kind of an incentive system where now I'm rewarded as a designer for providing the data rather than required to provide this data as part of my contractual um, statements. And these can be very small rewards uh, through the blockchain, um, but we can start to imagine new kind of economic systems that allow us to, to provide both data um, and also maybe even the, the ownership rights to components that exist within buildings. So it's a bit of a far-fetched idea. We're still kind of putting it together now, but uh, we think it's possible. Referring back to our previous broadcast uh, discussion, um, you, you talked about industrialized construction. Uh, from a circularity point of view, how would that approach, a more industrialized product like construction, make a difference? Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of emphasis now on this building as a product and, and product platforms. And I think this is a really good step in, in the right direction. Um, most specifically because people are now taking supply chain management seriously in construction and thinking about their relationship between the product and the supply chain. And my perspective on circular economy is that it's almost entirely a supply chain issue. It's it's a way of, of having more visibility, control, and uh, uh, connection between the end product and the, and the supply chain that creates it. Um, how we organize now in a kind of traditional project-based approach uh, tends to have very low supply chain visibility and we build that supply chain for each project right so every project is unique and we build a unique supply chain to service that project and there's multiple tiers and that's why it becomes very difficult to to have visibility it also becomes very difficult to have take back strategies or or circularity strategies and business models or products as a service business models that are connected to it so the step towards industrialized building i think is a positive one for circular economy not because a kit of parts is inherently um, going to be better for uh, a circularity, but the supply chain visibility that comes with this approach will enable new new thinking around circularity. So I'm very opportunist, or I'm very um, excuse me, I'm very optimistic about the future of of circular construction with um, 
uh, with industrialized construction. In fact, I've just started a new project in collaboration with a, a company called Home.Earth and the Denmark Technical University. Uh, we're working on creating circular industrialized construction, um, uh, both a kind of mapping of, of, of the different opportunities and also kind of a, a practical playbook for industries who wants to uh, to get into figuring out how they can industrialize their, their products, but also have a circular supply chain. Well, actually, you already <laughs> answered my next question about what's next on your research agenda. But is there something else that you could uh, like like to um, you you would like to share? Yeah, I think that uh, that I'm really interested in this intersection of, of circular economy and different aspects of informatics and industrialization, and that's why I'm excited to be here at, at TU Delft. Um, I, I do think that I will continue to want to look at new forms of organization and innovation, because I think we need to be more creative and more imaginative on how we organize. As you mentioned, there's so many different participants and players in, in, in the, the AEC uh, sector that we need to find better ways to align their interests and their goals towards more circular, sustainable building. Um, so I'm always interested at in the intersection of technology and the reorganization of, of the supply chain of the project of the uh, um, yeah, of, of the different stakeholders. Uh, so for me, that's where I'm going to continue to go. Um, I have this circular uh, industrialized construction project, uh, as well as a, a couple other things that uh, coming in the future. You are going to give a keynote speak at uh, WDBE in September. Can you give us a hint about uh, what you're going to cover in your in your presentation? Yeah, uh, I was uh, I was very. Uh, excited to come to the first WDBE. I think it was in 2018, if I, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, I came to Helsinki, uh, saw some some friends new and old. Um, I was not a keynote, I was uh, just giving one of the one of the session talks. And now it's really uh, an honor to be invited to give a, a keynote. And I, I'm, I'm really interested in, in, in kind of providing a view on on how I think kind of uh, our work around circular future cities can connect with the circular economy um, to give some hopefully some technical demonstrations of the of what we've set up uh, I mean maybe you could say that talking about decentralized data infrastructure is not the most uh, sexiest uh, topic <laughs> around but to give a more holistic vision of how this all can work together with multiple different technologies um, and how it can enable us to have a eventually a decentralized data marketplace and and eventually a, a fully a systematic approach to circularity for our buildings and cities uh, so that's what i'm excited to do um and uh, yeah to be to be a part of that community will be really uh, really interesting um uh, there's uh, WTBE has has now kind of established itself as one of the more innovative spaces in Europe to, to speak about these things. Um, and so I'm really excited to be back. Well, my final question is, uh, what is the best way to connect with you? Yeah, so uh, you can find me on, on Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, on, on Twitter, it's uh, at Daniel Hall with, uh, you, you'll find it. <laughs> and uh, uh, so feel free to reach out. Um, otherwise, take a look at what we're doing at TU Delft, and I'm sure we'll have some press in, in the near future about as different projects come out. Uh, so that's probably the, the easiest way to get a hold of me. Daniel, it, this has been a, been a real pleasure talking again uh, with you, and uh, I'm looking forward to your keynote. Thank you, Aaron, and thank you for having me and uh, looking forward to seeing you in person. Thanks for listening. Join us at wdbe.org.
Mm-hmm. 